Good evening and welcome to 3AM Thoughts. I'm your host, Riley Bird. If you're new, follow links.birdflock.com for all your notifications. That's l-i-n-k-s dot b-y-r-d f-l-o-c-k dot com. If you're already in the Bird Flock cult, make sure to spread the word and leave a five-star review wherever you listen. All right, let's get to it. My childhood pet, a wanted fugitive, undercover cops, and a few undocumented tadpoles. All this and more on this episode of 3AM Thoughts. Welcome, bird flock. Today, we're going to be talking about reptiles. So, for those unfamiliar, Florida has a bit of a python problem. Now, this problem is almost older than me, I know. The wall is near. I can hear it calling. So, about 26 years ago, there was a tropical storm called Hurricane Andrew, and we'll get to that in a minute, but let's start our story where it begins. So, about 10 years before that, so about... 30 to 40 years ago, the import of Burmese pythons from Southeast Asia became quite the craze with exotic pet owners. So these animals are one of the top top five largest snake species in the world and caring for a 15 to 20 foot long, 200 pound predator can be quite the task. So these Floridians, and, you know, happens with a lot of different pets, goldfish, um, rodents, all kinds of pets like that, they unburden themselves from these exotic pets by setting them free. Now, unfortunate for everyone involved, the Everglades are, like, the perfect environment for these invasive predators, and they just kick the shit out of native wildlife alligators no problem songbirds not a problem native you know game fish not a chance so hold on my cat would like to leave the studio after causing just pandemonium and mayhem in here yep that's the thing about cats always end up where you don't want them to be so Where were we? Ah, yes. Uh, Invasive constrictor species. So, this lasted for, you know, entirely too long because these reptiles can have hundreds of babies. Um, Let's just go ahead and give a little check here as to how many babies these snakes can have. Oh, yeah, it's like a hundred every single time they have babies. So that created, understandably, kind of a huge problem. So in 2008, the uh, U.S. Department of Agriculture did absolutely nothing. In fact, they amended the Lacey Act of 1900 to include illegal logging, which I'm sure was very helpful for that. 
Um, but that's not what this episode is about. So in 2012, the U.S. government was like, it's been like almost two decades. Uh, these reptiles are getting out of control. Time to do something about it. So in 2012, they enacted a ban on several species of reptiles. And this posed a pretty significant problem to the people that were responsibly caring for these reptiles, as well as the people that were presumably breeding these reptiles for money, as one does in the exotic pet industry. So that brings us to Yertle the Turtle. So I had just whittled down my harpy mother into letting me have a pet, and that was no easy task, mind you. I had to acquire the signature of a drunken uncle, and that was no easy task. So, you know, shout out to him for finally helping me get this contraband turtle, which ended up becoming quite the kerfuffle. So, I get to the store, I get this, like, I don't know, like, sand dollar sized turtle, and I am just riding high on that victory. And... I actually had an entire project dedicated to this turtle. This turtle was, like, not only my first way to, like, stick it to the man, but it was also, like, a huge learning opportunity because I was like, I'm definitely going to be a scientist. That's what I'm going to do. Certainly not going to turn into a stripper and podcaster, but who, who can see into the future, you guys? Hello, my bird flock. It's time for a fabulous flock fact. Did you know that flamingos can protect tsunamis? In 2004, these pastel birds were among the first species to sense impending disaster by fleeing to higher ground on the tragic Boxing Day tsunami. For more flock facts, and if you'd rather I be seen and not heard, head over to OnlyFans.com forward slash Riley Bird. That's OnlyFans.com forward slash R-I-L-E-Y-B-Y-R-D. So I raised this little turtle like it was my only mission in life. I made sure this turtle had the best food. I made sure this turtle had a spotless tank. And I even taught it how to run down the stairs, which honestly I don't think turtles need to be taught because its single-minded goal was to escape, hiss, and bite me. Because I don't think turtles are really meant to be pets, at least not aquatic turtles. They don't really genuinely seem to enjoy being a pet. I think mostly their reptile brain is just focused on consuming uh, constantly. That's its whole deal. So, what became of this turtle? Well, I took this turtle off to college with me, and that proved to be quite difficult because this turtle just kept growing. This turtle, by the time I knew it, this turtle was the size of a dinner plate. And I tried everything, you know, to keep this turtle company because at the time I thought, it's so wrong for this poor turtle to be by itself all the time. I'm sure it has all kinds of turtle friends in the wild, But I can't 
commit to having several of these hissing monsters because they really genuinely don't seem to enjoy affection. So I thought, well, I'll get a little fish that'll live in its tank and it'll clean things and this will be like a real pond, you know. And this turtle ate every species of fish that PetSmart, Zamzos, and any other place that I could find fish would sell me, which um, didn't matter the size of the fish. From minnows to five-inch, almost lake trout-sized fish, this turtle didn't care. And my teenage reasoning at the time was, if I just get a fish that's bigger than this turtle's mouth, it'll have to leave it alone, right? I'd seen much smaller turtles kowtow to much larger fish. So I was like, ah, yes, this is perfect. Yertle the turtle didn't give a single fuck how big that fish was. She was going to eat that fish in pieces if she had to. And more often than not, she did. The longest I ever had a fish last with that turtle, in a sizable tank, mind you, was about a week and a half. And then I found that fish's fin in its filter. So, at that time, there was nothing I could do. If I wanted to rehome that turtle, Fish and Game would have had the authority of the United States government to euthanize that turtle. And I didn't want the poor thing to die. I just knew that if this turtle got any bigger, it would likely come for my family. Because how big could this turtle possibly get, right? So, I went away to the country. Now, of course I wasn't going to surrender this turtle to the government, because let's be honest, me and the government are not the best of friends. For example, this week alone, I've had several um, supposed undercover cops asking me if they could solicit me for anything other than dances. Now, I'm not sure what the general public thinks that that question means, but it's pretty clear to me that that guy wants to listen to me talk about squirrels for 30 minutes. So I posed that question to him and I said, listen, uh, officer, if you're looking for something outside of dances, might I interest you in the 3AM Thoughts podcast? And he said, ma'am, I'm not interested in listening to you speak about turtles for 30 minutes. I'm wondering if you do anything outside of here. And I said, well, you are in luck because I actually also have an OnlyFans. And he said, that's not exactly what I'm thinking about. And I said, well, I don't know what to tell you because that, sir, is where my expertise ends. I can talk to you for about 30 minutes about an animal of your choice, or you can head on over to my OnlyFans at OnlyFans.com forward slash Riley Bird. And I think that that really troubled him because for the next 15 to 20 minutes, he proceeded to tell me that he, quote, never pays for lap dances. And he's never in this sort of place. And yet, definitely didn't want to hear me talk 
at length about his favorite animal, which I found particularly suspicious. Now, back to my turtle squirreled away in a countryside uh, farmhouse. This turtle was having a gay old time. That turtle lived out what I would imagine to be its turtle youth because turtles live an outrageous amount of time, even aquatic turtles. I want to say aquatic turtles live something like 40 years. Let's go ahead and double check. Ooh, right on the nose. Uh, Upwards of 40 years. So this turtle got to live out its youth um, under shade trees, you know, um, having its favorite moss ball, which is supposed to help the tank get less dirty, but I never really saw much of a difference. Um, my dog, when he was a puppy, just absolutely loved the thing, though. It was just this smelly, turtly ball of moss, and he found great delight in running all over the yard with it. And another person that really delighted in this turtle's existence was my Nana, and she would just tickle this turtle's back feet which she's like oh this turtle loves it to which the turtle would respond with hissing and just general turtle noises also uh (laughs) you know just so many confused barn cats as to why we were taking care of this hissing dinner plate um but the time came to make a decision and uh, in the dead of night, I made a negotiation with a fellow turtle lover and uh, biology teacher. And this isn't going to go the way you might think. Um, biology teachers would have this go. Well, this turtle became part of a turtle harem, which honestly is probably the best version of life that a turtle could possibly have. This turtle was spirited away to what can only be described as some sort of turtle um, turtle zoo, essentially, where it would live out its days in this giant, uh, like, turtle terrarium, basically, uh, that's honestly about the size of my studio right now, which, now that I think about it, that turtle got a pretty sweet deal for how big it was. And, you know, with another female turtle and a male turtle, and they were essentially tasked with the cleanup of a fish farm, which, I mean, if that turtle could have gotten the ideal job placement job, it was cleaning up a bunch of fish because that turtle could just put it away. So... I guess what I'm trying to say is if you can do whatever you can to um, find a loophole in the government, uh, definitely do your best to do that. Like, for example, something that I've noticed uh, recently in the headlines, Texas is making soliciting for sex or the purchasing of sex illegal, which the government is so weird. Why on earth would you criminalize something people have been doing since the dawn of civilization? And not only that, 
you can find the purchase of sexual favors in primates. So that alone could predate society because, I mean, I don't really know any monkeys that have, you know, a stable form of government or the ability to, like, you know... Well, maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves because Planet of the Apes was pretty big there for a minute. So I don't think that that's outside of the realm of possibilities in the distant future. But I digress. Texas is trying to solve a problem when the solution is so simple. Just license sex workers. I know, I know, more sex work talk. But I love having a license when I go down to dance in Las Vegas. I like feeling like a secret agent, and I also appreciate that the reverence of having a license means that there are consequences if I conduct myself poorly. For example, if I were to rob someone or have like a really dangerous drug charge or really any manner of felony, they would take my ability to work in sex work fully away from me. And they would hand deliver me to the government who would then punish me. So if you find sex work unappealing, I know it's not everybody's favorite, but it's not going anywhere. It hasn't, not since forever, and it will never go away. Maybe it'll be outsourced to robots in the future, but I mean, who's to say? So... The easiest thing the government can do, which, strange that they haven't thought of this, because I am by no means a politician, nor am I a brain surgeon. So the fact that I've come to this conclusion means that the government's come to this conclusion, and you should be very critical of why they're tasking people with collecting those who are seeking rather than creating a system that will actually work and benefit society. For example, the taxation from making people have licenses to be in sex work could go to schools or enforcing this bullshit rule that doesn't make any sense for society. And honestly, if this was about getting rid of sex work, the amount of sex workers that would happily integrate into some other role into society are at least... 50%, I would say. The longevity of sex work is not high. So provide an avenue for these women to go into other avenues of society. And if you find it distasteful, create a solution rather than just bitching about the problem. That really is the key thing of this. And with the amount of politicians that actively participate in purchasing sex work, It's going to be pretty awkward when they are passing laws to punish themselves. But then again, they really do love rules for thee, but not for me. Oh, and I know a few of you are going to ask me about this, but um, as I stated earlier, this story also includes undocumented tadpoles. And for those curious... On the farm, we have these wonderful little pools created by pivots, and every year there are just thousands upon thousands of these little tadpoles, and what 
you may not know about tadpoles is that when they are growing into frogs, they are some of the most vicious predators on the planet. They will fully eat their siblings. And to spare them from this cruel and unnecessary um, form of ritualistic murder, I would, you know, end their suffering by continuing the circle of life and feeding them to this turtle. And the turtle absolutely loved these tadpoles. It was probably that turtle's favorite thing to eat. Now, if you think about this turtle's love for eating tadpoles and how much of a vicious, unforgiving predator that that turtle could be to both fish and frog alike, you can quickly see how that would become a problem for the native uh, flora and fauna of the Floridian landscape. So one of the things that I will leave you with is that amphibians like frogs are excellent at telling the health of a river or body of water because of their amphibious nature. They are some of the first animals to detect poisons and, you know, pollutions in the water. So if we let all of these invasive animals eat up the native amphibians and birds, then they're eliminating the primary consumers and, honestly, the canary in the coal mine for ecological damage. Dearest bird flock, I once again wanted to thank you for your support. I know that you had a choice of cult, and I'm happy that you chose mine. Don't forget to follow links.birdflock.com for all your notifications. That's l-i-n-k-s dot b-y-r-d f-l-o-c-k dot com. And good morning as the sun is up, as usual when I'm filming this. What is wrong with me? Dearest bird flock, I once again wanted to thank you for your support. I know that you had a choice of cult, and I'm happy that you chose mine. Don't forget to follow links.birdflock.com for all your notifications. That is l-i-n-k-s dot b-y-r-d f-l-o-c-k dot com. And leave a review wherever you listen.